0: And now, an Envision Financial podcast with Luke Smith on Canberra's two double C's. Time to welcome into the studio, Big Luke Smith from Envision Financial. Good afternoon. Mate,
1: good afternoon. How are we? Today, you've brought a bodyguard. You've frightened of me. He's even turned up with the same uniform on, so I'm very <laughs> impressed. <laughs> yes, you're, bo- you're both
0: wearing the exact same shirt which, of course, is vital information for radio listeners who can't see that until I point it out.
1: And we were laughing at the irony of that a little earlier. So, yeah, what are the chances? But, exactly. you know what, good taste. Of what course, say?
0: there is also video of this encounter, which people can mm-hmm. check out online later on if they want to see you wearing your identical you navy blue polo shirt. Don't say we don't try. No, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Today we're talking about what is deductible and, I guess, what is not deductible when it comes to your investment property.
1: Yeah, look, exactly right. And this one is... is a perennial top five in the in the questions that we get when it comes to investments. so i thought getting paul in who's an accountant now paul's from the firm there in in braddon um this is his wheelhouse so sorry I thought, what's
0: the name of the firm
1: <laughs> the firm the firm
0: that's very inventive
1: <laughs> so i thought i thought you know great of him to give up his time on a friday afternoon which would have been a hard sell um but to get i guess to use a better analogy from the horse's mouth the things that we get asked all the time, like you know, what can I claim, how do deductions work, what's the benefits of it, how do you deal with it, what's depreciation. We're going to touch on a few of those things today just to sort of lay out the basics because there's one thing everybody in Canberra loves and it's buying an investment property. So making the most of the tax outcomes is, is obviously important to get the most out of your return. Okay,
0: one of my fundamental questions on this front, of course, is that uh, how can investors know the difference between what is a um, a a deductible expense, but what is a capital expense? Because obviously, uh, people might go to great expense thinking, "Oh, I can claim all of this," only to discover, "Hmm, no, you can't."
2: No, yeah, that's right. Yeah, so it's one of those things with uh, with investment properties. You need to have a connection with your income, and there's a big difference between what is a repair and what is capital. So. My advice on that would be to, before you go out and do a renovation or do something, is get advice. Whether it's talk to Luke, talk to me, talk to your accountant, get advice around what you should be claiming, what you should be, uh, before you spend your money and realise you can't claim something, it's best to be able to get that advice first and then work out uh, what, from a tax point of view you can maximise your tax deductions then.
0: Okay, but if something is ruled to be a capital expense, while you can't use it as a tax deduction at the time, that changes your capital base later on for capital gains tax, not
2: Correct, it? yes, that's right. So in terms of from that perspective, uh, if you can't claim something as a deduction straight away, that extra cost will add to your cost base for capital gains tax purposes. That's obviously something that's gonna come into play when you sell the property. Mm-hmm. But from a tax perspective, Most people would like to be able to claim it as a repair straight away because they'll get the immediate tax benefit, but if you can't claim it as a deduction straight up, you will be able to add that to your cost base, so it will come into play when capital gains tax uh, rears its ugly head when you sell the property.
0: Indeed. Now, is there a grey area where, for example, there may well be damage to the property and you decide, hmm, good opportunity to actually make it better than it was before?
2: Yes, yes. That's a a question I get asked (laughs) very, very regularly, so... Uh, usually, what happens, in, and you might see it with uh, a real estate agent ad, might say "renovator's delight." And so, people buy a property that is uh, maybe, if, if for the sake of an argument, a six out of ten property, and they think, "Well, let's try and get uh, a little bit more in rent, and we'll 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 paint it, and we'll improve it. We'll put a new kitchen in before we get tenants in." And so, those costs associated with improving the property, they aren't deductible on day one. You need to add them to your cost base for capital gains tax purposes. A repair is something that is due to wear and tear as a result of tenants. Um, think, think about things like scuffing the, uh, the walls and repainting after the tenants have been in there, recarpeting it after the tenants have uh, had wear and tear on the property. So those sorts of expenses are deductible expenses as repairs, the improvements, things that you've improved the property from a six out of 10 property to an eight out of 10 property, mm. those things are gonna be capital.
0: Yeah, it's still a bit of a grey area to me, though, because if you simply repair the things that are broken, that automatically elevates it from a 6 out of 10 to an 8 out of 10 because Mm. brand-new carpet is so much better than tatty old carpet.
1: Yep. So would it then be fair to say if we had an example for the listeners, I've bought a house for $500,000. Let's imagine you can still do that. Let's say (laughs) I I bought a house. There are some
0: parts in Australia where you can, (laughs) just not here.
1: (laughs) So I buy a house for $500,000. Yep. I throw a pool in. Mm-hmm. I spend $100,000 on that pool. So I'm living in the place and five or 10 years down the road, I sell it for a million dollars. Whereas my purchase price was $500,000, as you've said, those sorts of things are not deductible from an income perspective. That then brings my cost base of the house up to 600000 and we work out our capital gain six hundred thousand from a million, which is what you're talking about, non-deductible immediately. Is correct. Correct. Example?
2: Correct. So, if uh, in that instance, um, if you spent a hundred thousand on a pool, something like that, that would definitely be a capital expense. Um, most people wouldn't be putting a pool into an investment property. A lot of the things we see would be to improve a bathroom, fix up mm-hmm. a kitchen, those sorts of things. Yep. But the same logic applies. Yeah. Okay. So if you are improving it from where you bought it, that's a capital cost. Right. If you are repairing it because the tenant has put a hole in the wall or you need to repaint it,
1: those sorts of things would be an immediate deduction claimable in your tax return that year. Okay. All right. I think that that's good for the listeners to be able to separate that. And I think the big takeout here is find out what you can and can't claim so that there aren't tears at the end of the exercise. So if we elaborate on that a little bit and say, okay, we've done our improvements and we've we've considered the maintenance and the general expenses to keep a property going, like repainting some walls, redoing some carpet, fixing a broken sink because the tenants have left, talk to us about how depreciation is caught in the tax return because I find that one's um, a surprise to some people when they go to sell and find out that, the depreciation lowers the cost base yep. in the opposite way that the capital items have increased the cost base. So can we just touch on how depreciation is caught up in the tax return and what it does at the time of sale? So when you buy
2: a property, you are essentially buying breaking it up into three components from a tax point of view. You have got a block of dirt, which is your land. You have got the bricks and mortar of the property, the, the roof, the walls and the like. And then you've also got the inside of the property, the carpets, the curtains, the dishwashers. So essentially you've got three components of it. Mm. The land, there's no depreciation on the land. The bricks and mortar, we can claim some depreciation on that. And the carpets, the curtains, the ovens, all those things inside the property, we can also claim depreciation on those things. So from a depreciation perspective, in your tax return each year, you claim depreciation and that's helping increase your tax refund or lowering your tax payable. But when you sell the property, the depreciation that you've claimed throughout the years that you've owned it reduces your cost base. So to give that in a a practical example, I'll give a a real world example. I won't mention any names, but the worst one I've seen, well, is I had a client who had bought a property for about $300,000 many years ago now, $300,000, and it was a service department. And the depreciation rates on that were a little bit higher than normal, um, normal properties, the client over about 10 or 11 years claimed about $100,000 worth of depreciation. The the carpets, the ovens, all those sorts of things and mm-hmm. the bricks and mortar of the of mm-hmm. of the of the building. So they claimed about $100,000. The service department depart- didn't grow in value. It's They sold it about 10, 11 years later for about 298. So a slightly, a very, very small capital loss is what he thought. When I've gone to prepare the tax return, Mm -hmm. his cost base, instead of it being $300,000, which is what he thought it was going to be, was about $200,000. So I had to try and explain to the guy that he had a capital gain of about $100,000 on a property that he actually, on buy versus sell, in his brain, lost a couple of grand. So it's always an important thing that um, speaking to real estate agents, they will sell you the dream of, yep, you can claim good depreciation and that's great, you can do that, but it's also important that the depreciation that you claim every year when you do your tax return, the cumulative effect of that is it's reducing your cost base from a capital Mm. gains perspective Mm -hmm. and can bite when it Mm. uh, comes time for, for capital gains tax when you sell. Yeah,
0: so find... would it be smarter then not to claim that depreciation? De- de- no.
2: Okay. No. Without boring... Now you've really <laughs> m- no.
1: muddied the waters. <laughs> okay. well, I think the message here is bad is just bad. No.
2: So I won't bore you with the, the complicated maths of it. If you want to learn about the complicated maths of it, come and see me in the office. But the maths of it says it is still a good idea to claim depreciation each year. It helps each year when you claim your tax when you prepare mm-hmm. your tax return. But it's important to know that there's this kicker at the end when mm. you sell the property that it will affect your mm. capital gains cost
1: base. Okay. So mm. Yeah I think that's 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 the big takeout here is understand what you're getting into because I find that is one that surprises a lot of people when they come to me to say, Right, I'm gonna sell this house and this house and throw the money into super. I say, Well that's great, but go and speak to your accountant about the depreciation because what you thought you paid for the place may not actually be the case on paper. So it's it's vital that people understand the implications of the decision they're going to make prior to making it because what the lads say down the pub about capital gains and, and everything else may not be the case for the sake of the examples that Paul's given us today. And it's it's very frustrating to see people come, especially to me, after the fact and find out like in that example Paul's given that the tax implications were far worse or it may have been better waiting 12 months or selling the property in a year after you've retired to manage your broader tax position when you look at the asset in totality. So I think the big thing for the listeners is make sure you're aware of all of these considerations before you pull the trigger because there, there can be tears uh, and they won't be mine and they won't be Paul's. Um, they'll, they'll definitely be yours and, and if you can avoid them at all costs, it's, it's worth being informed.
0: Well, the simple solution to capital gains tax is just don't sell it.
1: Well, that's true, but uh, <laughs> then you also need yeah. to you know, keep partners happy and live off some money and, and, yes. and a range yeah. of other things. So, yeah, I guess the, the big message is be informed and understand the difference between what is deductible um, and, and, and what is capital. I think we've we've given some very yep. broad examples of that today.
0: There's also a list of uh, regular items that I think most people understand are deductible, things like your body corporate fees, uh, your various other costs that you have, um, but it still might be a list that confuses some people. So hmm. yep. uh, what should people remember about those regular costs?
2: Those regular ones? So the, the ATA has got some good... Um, um, Uh, paperwork and, and, and documents on that in terms of what's deductible, what's not deductible. But the common things, the rates, the body corporate, land tax in the ACT is a big one. So all properties that are rented in the ACT should be paying land tax. And if you're not paying land tax... ACT Revenue Office will get you. They will catch you. Uh, there's a lot of data sharing between the tax office and state revenue offices. So if you're not paying land tax on your rental property, you should be, and the revenue office will catch you. Um, but so land tax, uh, interest on loans, that's a big one. Yeah. Speaking to, before you buy the property, speaking to a good mortgage broker who understands how investment properties should be financed and structured, mm. that's critical. Um, don't just mm. go off and do it yourself speak to someone and get advice around it. Um, the in the ACT we've got leasehold land so in terms of from a tax deduction point of view on in the first year that you buy a rental property, legal fees can be claimed as a tax deduction also stamp duty so the um, which mm. is obviously a significant cost when buying a property in the ACT we can claim our stamp duty because we've got leasehold land. Everywhere else in the country, so all you listeners in Jeroboambera and Queanbeyan, no deduction for stamp duty and legal fees over there. But in the ACT, uh, stamp duty and um, and legal fees would be deductible in year one. On how that works everywhere else in the country, so if you've got investment properties somewhere else, those costs, stamp duty and legals on day one, would be added to your cost base for capital gains tax purposes. So again, you do get the credit for them, but just when you sell them. When you yeah. sell the property.
1: And again, I think that's important to understand, as we said earlier. I'm going to add a pool. I'm going to improve something. It's treated the same outside of the ACT for stamp duty and, and those sorts of costs where they're capital and not income. And I think that's, again, understand what you're doing. Make these considerations because if you're going to buy, you know, a mucho expensive place and think you're going to claim the stamp duty in Jerrabomba and you've just paid $2 million and find out that you can't get an income deduction, it can be rather frustrating. It's like buying a house in a self-managed super fund and using your own money as a deposit, big no-no you don't go and set the fund up later. So be informed before you make your choice or before you pull the trigger on a decision so that there are no surprises because income and capital are very, very different.
0: On 2CC, it's about 11 minutes to five and I've got Luke Smith from Envision Financial in the studio today and special guest Paul Glass from The Firm, which is a very clever name for an accounting company, (laughs) The Firm, which is a very fancy name for an accountancy firm. I thought I'd throw that in there because otherwise it it could be anything.
1: Mate, you should see their Christmas cards.
0: Oh, really? Next level. Okay. We're talking about what is and is not deductible for your investment property. And, of course, the whole point of this discussion is your tax, isn't it? So what happens and what should people do when it comes to tax time? What preparation do they need to make before they come and visit you?
2: Be prepared. The first thing I'll say is don't bring it in a
0: shoebox. Oh, why not? I love the shoebox.
2: (laughs) No accountant in Australia likes a shoebox. (laughs) They shudder when they see a shoebox. So... In terms of how to prepare your documentation, if you are renting your property through a real estate agent, some people will like to do it themselves because they're a bit more hands-on. Others will outsource it to a real estate agent to manage it for them. If you rent it through an, a real estate agent, they will give you an annual tax statement. They will give it to you in early July, just yep. after the end of the financial year. So that's the starting point of all your income and any expenses that the agents paid on your behalf. Then we're sort of looking at other things that you have paid for personally. So things like insurance, you might've paid body corporate yourself. Sometimes the agent will pay for things on your behalf. Sometimes you'll decide to want to pay things uh, out of your own pocket to to just manage your own cash flow. So obviously anything that the agent hasn't paid, we as the accountant need to know those things. So uh, it might be the rates notices, it might be the body corporate notices. A good summary of things is important. So the more work you can do, in summarizing stuff, the easier it is for the accountant. And to be frank, the less it's going to cost you, the more efficient the job's going to be. Oh, so, go. and obviously everyone likes to save money. So, mm. interest on home loans. So the bank statement showing the, how much interest was charged on the loan for the property, that's important. The depreciation schedule. So that's a one-off. So you would get a depreciation schedule when you buy the property. You would get a sorry, you'd get a quantity surveyor to prepare a tax depreciation schedule for you, give that to the accountant, they will put that into their tax software, and that will carry forward each year, so you don't need to get a depreciation schedule each year. So that's a one-off. But the more organised you can be Hmm. in summarising your documentation, Hmm. the better it's going to be from a tax perspective, and it's more seamless from the accountant's side.
0: So once I've got all my documentation properly sorted, properly annotated, all organised and in a nice, neat bundle, Hmm. can't I still put it in a shoebox? You can if you want. Very good. Thank you. If that keeps you happy. It's just a great, easy way to transport it. <laughs> and on that note,
1: <laughs> Paul, where can uh, listeners uh, get a little more information if they want to reach out? Uh,
2: so best bet, um, thefirmonline.com.au. Uh, we're located in Braddon on Torrance Street. Uh, phone number of the business, 026247355. So if you want to make contact, feel free to and we can uh, help you out with your tax
1: and rental properties. Yeah, look, and I think that's important because people need to get organised and be prepared. And whilst, you know, people generally leave it to the last minute, understanding what to collate during the year can make that panic at the end of the financial year be a little bit little bit easier, a little bit less daunting. And if you're progressive during the financial year, it can be a little bit easier.
0: Absolutely. Well, it's the old Boy Scouts motto, isn't it? Be prepared. Correct. Exactly. Absolutely. Be prepared and always do your best. All those you are, can do. Those are the two. All you can do. All
1: right, Luke. So
0: uh, if people need to get in touch with you, what do they
1: do? Yep, yeah, our number hasn't changed, six two six zero four seven four nine. We've got envisionfinancial.com.au. That's our website. You've got the knowledge center in there. People can subscribe to that for free. We've got the podcast, the strategy stacker, Luke Talks Money on iTunes and Spotify. And we've got the YouTube channel. So you can subscribe to Envision Financial Canberra on YouTube. And we've got all of the shows there. You can watch them on your iPhone. And if you've got a topic you want us to raise uh, early in the new year, shoot us an email, luke at envisionfinancial.com.au and we can try and build that into the schedule.
0: Indeed. And on those YouTube videos, you can check out what shirt Luke is wearing each And you week. can
1: prove that it was a coordinated effort by a complete accident today.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Paul, Luke, thanks very much. Pleasure. Thank thanks, you. mate.